Streaming live from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com. Hey, you get back here, you pass. Can they say the winner? There's no way that nobody's gonna leave this town. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that government, I'm gonna die here. And no sidewinding, bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker is gonna roll my Christmas cutter. Now, who can argue with that? <laughs> Get it together. Get it together. Get it. Reel it in. Reel it in, baby. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Groovaton. I am Tony C. We're Crocker Cracker. No Crocker Cracker. Who can argue with that? Who can argue with that? Who can argue with this? Svubbed up by Sven Hammond Soul, baby. That's how you kick it off. I'm Tony C., of course. I'm joined live in the studio by the man, the master of so many things, production engineering. Why he's not just George. He is... Los Georges! Voidware prohibit. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Hope everybody is having a great day out there. Happy New Year, everybody. First groove of Don in 2016. And yeah, I got shit to bitch about and lots of groove to throw your way. Yeah, we're going to be talking about things like churches, guns, and money. <laughs> he talking about what Congress did while we were all looking the other way. How churches are sticking it to it, sticking it in us and breaking it off the tuna. $71 billion a year. And um, why is there an uproar over something that 80% of Americans agree on? Well, we're not doing the uproar. Shut up, that's why. There you go. There you go. Just shut the fuck up already. <laughs> Do what we want. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why they were elected. Color me, you know, color me shocked on that one. All of that, of course, is going to be surrounded by two hours, the greatest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. I've got it all for you, baby. Bill Withers, you've never heard. Diamond D, the Herbalizer. Tramp with a uh, little bit of, who's on that? I don't know, some guys from um, Mick Fleetwood's on that. Got Quantic Soul Orchestra. And I went on a bit of a Funkadelic kick. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's literally, as a matter of fact, no downside to going on a Funkadelic kick. So there's a whole bunch of that. Got some of that. Got some Bootsy. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, Dave Frusciante. Uh, John Medeski. I've got, uh, I've got a song that I played on the very first show and didn't know that it was the wrong song. I was For, for the last 35 years... Myself and a friend of mine have thought that this song was something that it's not. I figured out why we've been wrong all these years. I feel better. Yeah, I do too. This was one of those, you know, I went on the hunt and I killed uh, myself the elephant of rock and roll, as it were. Just past 2 o'clock. The only Hollywood that matters anymore. You know where that is, right? Hollywood, Florida, baby. Skippy. Just past 9 o'clock in the big island of Oahu, of uh, the big island of Hawaii. Man. Starting off the year, I'm like frazzled, dude. I've forgotten how to do a show. I've, for- I've forgotten how. It's I'm a sure good- it'll come back. You know what the thing is? It's a good thing I've got plenty of groove to make up for my, you know, my inability to get my act together. The groove keeps it together. So that's what counts. Of course, I got uh, Celeste handling my Eastern Bloc operations out in Istanbul. Hey, you want to saddle up and stick around because I've got Lemmy on both ends of the show, and you just can't go wrong with that. We kick it off with Lemmy and Girls Head on the Groove of Time. On SoFloRadio.com. Don't you think that 
people in this country poo-poo Australian table wines. This is a pity, as many fine Australian wines appeal not only to the Australian palate, but also to the cognoscenti of Great Britain. Blackstone Bordeaux is rightly praised as a peppermint-flavoured Burgundy, whilst a good Sydney syrup can rank with any of the world's best sugary wines. Chateau Blue, too, has won many prizes, not least for its taste and its lingering afterburn. Old Smoky, 1968, has been compared favourably to a Welsh claret, whilst the Australian Wino Society thoroughly recommend a 1970 Cote du Rod Laver, which, believe me, has a kick on it like a mule. Eight bottles of this and you're really finished. At the opening of the Sydney Bridge Club, they were fishing them out of the main sewers every half an hour. Of the sparkling wines, the most famous is Perth Pink. This is a bottle with a message in, and the message is, beware. This is not a wine for drinking. This is a wine for laying down and avoiding. Another good fighting wine is Melbourne Old and Yellow, which is particularly heavy and should be used only for hand-to-hand -hand combat. Quite the reverse is true of Chateau Chanda, which is an Appalachian controller specially grown for those keen on regurgitation. A fine wine which really opens up the sluices at both ends. Real emetic fans will also go for a Hobart Muddy and a prize-winning Cuvée Reserve Chateau bottle Nuit Saint Wagga Wagga, which has a bouquet like an Aborigine's armpit. That's the gift of gab. I shoot it like a champion. Girls get the panties in. Even with a fanny and I might win a Grammy in. Maybe I won't, so I chill like the Pope. But I'll never moat, cause I know my style is dope. Like Colombian fish scale. Ask my man Ishmael. Diamond D got props like a cop. Or better yet a DT, cause brothers can't see me. Even your girl said you got a small wee wee. Now you wanna go upside her head. Do you feel intimidated by the things she said? Don't be mad, cause I paid her back. You know, I took her to the res and I let Pass 
me the mic and I'ma keep it. Yo, kid, I'm the best kept secret. Come on. Why don't you let it be? Why? Yo, cause Diamond D is a pedigree. In other words, I'm official. Uh, I never go out like a wet piece of tissue. Rough and rugged, stronger than bounty. New York is the city, Bronx is the county. Learn from the best, so the rest just fest. Now I'm getting booked at the Fillmore West. Not located in the village, so kill it, skill it. You ask yourself, will it ever cease? Cause Diamond sharp as a crease. I only use beeswax, never use grease on my dreads. But instead, if Want some kick? Step to the mic. I'm an eight to one pick. You reap what you sow, and I can reap it. Yo, kid, I'm the best kept secret. Yeah.
Coffee, good thing you made me hot early because that song fades out fast. Yeah, I get a little bit of my late 70s power pop swirl on. I was just telling George, I don't know why I played that other than the fact that I like the song. I like Bram Tchaikovsky. And I, That's I like a good that. enough reason to play a song. It like is. It. It's just a good enough reason. I like that song. That is Sarah Smiles from Strange Man, Changed Man. Before that, for me, personally, a must-own. Diamond D and the Psychotic Neurotics. That's best kept secret from Stunt Blunts and Hip Hop. I was just, we, myself and George were talking about uh, vinyl, that is really one of the first CDs that I can remember that came out only as a CD. And they the complaints from DJs, because Diamond D, if you look at, uh, this guy is sampled, on that album, he samples Jeff Beck, Jack Bruce, Coon again, did, uh, George Benson on Yo, That's That Shit, he does the George Benson um, sample. This guy has sampled the, the widest range of shit I've seen in ages. And the people that were big fans of them complained. So they reissued a master copy of it on vinyl. <laughs> they went backwards on that one for uh, Best Kept Secret. For that Monty Python for the Australian wines. Told you that was funny. That's funny. Yeah, it was very funny. That is funny stuff. This is a wine made for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> the wine's got something to say, and it says, <laughs> stay away. So that one's a shout-out to my man Adam Wilson my for the Aussies out there before that. The Herbalizer. On your knees from 2008, same as it never was. And kicking it off, you know, it was a sad day. Lemmy has gone, you know, he has, he has passed on. That was Motorhead and Girls School. It was actually supposed to be called Girlfriend was the name of the band. They print. There's another one where they, like, printed it originally and, and called it something. They called it Motorhead and Girls School originally. And even though that was wrong, that's what caught on. And then they went on top of the pops, I guess, back in... Uh, 80, 81, 82, when they first did it. And so that's how they announced it. That's what the name's been ever since. I'm going to be backing that up a little more, Lemmy, later. I, you know, Motorhead is a band that it's, it's, it takes a guy like Lemmy dying to kind of have a lot of people look back and recognize how important he is to rock and roll. I was fortunate enough to see Motorhead at... Uh, <laughs> At a place in New York called Irving Plaza, which at the time when I saw them, which is back in 80, I was in high school. So it's 81, 82, somewhere in there. Irving Plaza used to be like a, a polka house in New York. It was like this place down on, you know, okay. near St. Mark's. It's a place where polka dances. And um, there's uh, Wendy, Wendy O. Williams and the Plasmatics basically got a gig there. And turned it into the rock and roll place that it is now. So later on in the show, you know what I got? Yeah, Lemmy and Wendy O. Williams together. Perfect. They put out an EP. So I'm going to be backing it up. The collaboration. Anybody could play Motorhead. If you don't have Ace of Spades in your collection, then you don't have a collection. Right. Yeah. You have yeah, to you have don't. it. Have, have to have it. <clears throat> that is a it's an, it's an anthem. It's, it's an, an anthem. anthem. Yes. Yes. It is an anthem. Absolutely. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more on that. So... What happened while we were away? Did you have a good New Year's? You have a- it, it was great. I already uh, gave you the uh, the Cliff's notes. The, the Cliff notes. <laughs> I, of I, of course, go into my house, and by 8 o'clock, I'm locked in. I, I, I stayed Both local. doors are yeah, locked. Both doors, everything's locked. I am shut down. I've got food. I'm, I try and set myself up 
for like two full days. It's like in the movie The Purge. You yeah. lock your door and sit there with a shotgun Basically, on your lap. Yes. Like, <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's, it's very much like that. It is very much like that. And living where I live, going out is a very yeah. dangerous thing. It is sure. dangerous. Okay, forget about drinking. I'm talking about, you know, the cadre of Canadian cadres to calm down. A here. lot of evolution going on out there. <laughs> a whole buttload of checkpoints. A lot of stuff happened while we were away. I'm going to get to the important stuff later, but a few things definitely caught my eye. The first one, this is this one, I couldn't believe this. Woman beats DUI charge with claim that her body brews alcohol. Now, <laughs> this is one that I like. It's called, hang on, I wrote I would down. like to tap that. Uh, right, they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> It's, well, that was the thing. It's called auto brewery syndrome. I'm like, Syndr- what? syndrome? What do you mean syndrome? It sounds like a benefit. Yeah, save me a fortune in bar tabs. I'm going to follow her around with a it's, straw. Just so, we're, just, so, just so we're clear on this, okay? This took place in upstate New York. Guess what? The judge bought it. This is a, like, yeah. this is a what? fucking... What? No. What? It's a real thing. It actually is your... There's like too much yeast. You feel these chicks are feeling. Oh yeast. yeah, now, I don't want a some guy can't claim ye- this. That's yeasty a thing. chick. Yeah, I don't think a guy can actually get away with this as much as we would like to try. I'm sorry, my, I'm sorry, I blew a far, you know, a two point three. Yeah, it's the yeast. It's the yeast. It's yeasty. You can have intestinal yeast. You know that. Well, that's basically what this is. Oh, okay. This is it. This is that's really what it is. Wow. But but the headline itself, basically, is you know I you know that's that's the thing that, that got to me. It's hey, my body produces alcohol. There's nothing I can do. Of course, I'm drunk. I'm a still. <laughs> I'm a still brewing alcohol. <laughs> so keeping keeping up with uh, with inebriation, stuff, mind altering substances. Care of the Jerusalem Post. This one I like. OU, where is it? OU certifies the uh, the Orthodox uh, Union. You know, oh, the, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. These mm-hmm. are the these are the the kosher cops. They, these are the kosher cops. It's exactly what they are. Um, with a K. They have uh, certified. Marijuana. They've they've given a particular company a okay. kosher the kosher certification. It's got kosher now. Marijuana. I don't know. How it can't. I, I don't know. How it's and, not. And how do we? And what, this is. I like don't out of Colorado. know. I, how do we? I read the sample whole, this. I read the. Well, can sample. you get it at your deli? Can you? Can <laughs> Let me get a quarter. Can I taste that first? <laughs> Give me a sliver. Give me a sliver of that. Nothing. Like Nothing. Do me a favor. Do me right. Do me a favor. I'd like. I'd like the kush. But could you slice it thin? Please, could you slice that kush thin for me, please? I always like my kush with some smoked fish. So that's what I want. You know? <laughs> Ode to locks. How's the new locks crop this year? It's great. It's great. It's very smoky. Basically, that's what it is. It's uh, The Orthodox Union is certified Vireo Health of New York. It's non-smokable medical marijuana products. So basically, this is not weed itself. They've given a, oh. an official kosher certification to all of the, the yummy shit that you use, you know, pot edibles. And oh. it's like, this is the there first one. Go. This is the I first see. time they've done it. But the quote in here that is fantastic, got to find it from the guy. He said, um, it's the, the guy that's, that's actually the head of the union, the head rabbi. It's a guy named Rabbi Menachem Ganach. And he's the CEO of OU's Kashrut Department and those are the people there, the, the kosher cops. He said in a statement, the Virio's medical me- cannabis products were developed to alleviate pain and suffering in accordance with New York State's Compassionate Care Act. And this is the best quote. He goes, "Using to quote, using medical marijuana products recommended by a physician should not be regarded as a chet. A chet is a sin. Yes. Okay, um, but rather as a mitzvah, an imperative, and a commandment. That's All right. awesome. Bob Marley, Menachem Ganach. 
That's Have you ever great. seen them in the That's same awesome. room together? Nope. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, probably because Marley's dead. But you get my point. All right, so I'm. I think that was that. That's the thing. It should be considered a mitzvah. It's, it's a, a mitzvah. Mitzvah, not a chet. So that that caught my eye. What else caught my eye? You know, scumbag uh, kid from Texas. We were talking about yeah. this earlier. They can't put him and his and his mom in jail long enough for me. Amen. I want years. Amen. Yeah, these guys. What a fucking punk. Yeah. Yeah. What punk? And punk. The, whole, the whole family. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's a product of that. Yeah, that mother, right? No responsibility. We're always talking about parental responsibility. Where sure. the parents? Well, yeah. we know where the parents were on vacation yeah. in Mexico with their fugitive son. Sure. Okay, and aiding and abetting, and mm-hmm. they're going to get. He's he can actually. He's still in Mexico, so he's going to try and you know. Eventually, they'll get him back. You know, Mexico is not I going. They could put him in a Mexican prison. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. Now that I think about it, we have such sights to show you. <laughs> You like our food? Ven acá. <laughs> you like our food? We call this that burrito. <laughs> so, those are some of the things. Burritos hurt. <laughs> yeah, those are. <laughs> burritos hurt. Over and over again. <laughs> they punked my burrito. <laughs> so, hopefully they're going to bring this guy back. Also, Robert Downey Jr. was officially pardoned by, uh, by Jerry Brown. And the, the thing is, it's, it's mostly symbolic. Okay. Because you know, the, only, the only thing he gets from this is he gets to do jury duty now. Oh, ooh. yeah! It doesn't clear up his record. Okay. So, I was talking about Lemmy earlier. You know, I I lived in Atlanta for a little while, and back in uh, early '96, you know, Lemmy Kilmeister had a world famous porno collection. Okay. He was he literally had a like a porno collection of such volume and breadth and depth. Hmm. Okay, I I'm talking about the collection. Sure. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, that it was you know noted. For, you know, it's volume and depth and breadth. So where did I run into him? Yeah, strip club. <laughs> Met him in a strip club. Met Lemmy in a strip club, which, you know, seemed completely at, at ease there. As, mm-hmm. as did I, I might add. I used to DJ at strip clubs. So this is when I was in Atlanta. My friend had like a, uh, you know, the, the, the platinum membership to Cheetah or whatever. So you could go in the back room and it's really, you know, hoi polloi. And there's Lemmy hanging out. A couple of strippers. Why not? If you're Lemmy... You know, if they're going to throw themselves at you, indeed, it's. I think it's your. I think you're obligated. I think if strippers sure. throw you, you're obligated to do what you. He can. probably did all right. I did <laughs> with the ladies. He did okay with the ladies. I've yeah. got way more music coming up. This one is. Uh, I ran across this by accident. Bill Withers, of course, came to note in. Uh, I guess seventy. When did Ain't No Sunshine came? Seventy one, early seventies. Sure, that's what we all found out about him. But before that, um, he came out with a 45 in 1967, and I ran across it. I was, you know, plowing through the internet, going through some sites, and this this was there. And w- at the time, he was working like for the airlines. He worked for, you know, he was like clean, clean planes, at LaGuardia or, okay. or Idlewild, or JFK. Um, that's what he did, and this was the first thing he put out. And the, the reason it caught my eyes because I was telling you, I know you're a big fan. Of electronic music, yep. craft work, yep. uh, Tangerine Dream, sure, that kind of stuff. This was <laughs> produced. Uh, <gasps> this uh, forty-five is called Three Nights in a Morning, and it came from. It's from nineteen sixty-seven. It was produced by a guy named Mort Garson, and okay. Mort Garson is really kind of the father, the, the grandfather even of electronic and Moog. He's a Moog pioneer. 
the Mini Moog synthesizer. He's really the guy that kind of in the 60s was really ahead of the curve on electronic music, doing all the stuff that Kraftwerk and Tangerine Dream bands like that did later on. This is the guy that did it, but he produced this. This is like one of those things. Yeah, and he's done tons and tons of stuff. He's, his his uh, his resume, he did a lot of stuff for TV. Lots of theme songs, you know, that kind of stuff. He did, I don't know how many theme songs, but he's done tons of them. Um, so I ran across this, and I, I listened to the song. I was like, this is this is good music. This is Bill Withers. You know, you can, you can hear in this song that he was going to be who he wound up being with Ain't No Sunshine. But this one's got a little more punch to it. I mean, or some Ain't No Sunshine. I mean, I know, 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 I know. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave this town alone because there ain't no sunshine, which is gone. That's right. That's the way I feel about it. But this is Bill Withers doing three nights in the morning, his very first 45 from 1967 on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
are you carrying all those bricks for, anyway? God? Is that it? God? Well, I tell you, let me give you a little inside information about God. God likes to watch. He's a prankster. Think about it. He gives man instincts. He gives you this extraordinary gift, and then what does he do? I swear, for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel. He sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, don't swallow. <laughs> and while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass. He's a sadist. He's an absentee landlord. Worship that? Never. I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted, and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him in spite of all his imperfections. I'm a fan of man! I'm a humanist. Maybe the last humanist. Who in their right mind, Kevin, could possibly deny the 20th century was entirely mine? All of it, Kevin! All of it. Mine. I'm peeking, Kevin. It's my time now. That's the way I like it. That's the way I want it. That's the way I like it. And that's the way I want it. I'm a dumbass. I go too fast. When I shouldn't be moving.
Yeah, Delight. Say ah before that. God Lives Underwater. That's one of those bands that, you know, kind of made it big. I always thought they were going to be bigger out of Philadelphia. I first heard them. They, they came out with something. I was uh, working at a record store in uh, South Carolina. It's a long story. But when they first came, they had like an EP that came out. These guys are from uh, Philly. They're like just somewhere outside of Philly. But I, I've always loved their stuff. I played other stuff by these guys before. It's God Lived Underwater. God Lives Underwater. That's tricked from uh, their 2004 release, Up Off the Floor. Before that, Devil's Advocate. Yeah, who are, you, who are you carrying all those bricks for, pal? God, he's an absentee landlord. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that in a second as well because landlord is an appropriate term there. Before that, Lefty's Soul Connection doing the thing. That is from their 2006 release, Hut Spot. And kicking off the set, yeah, Bill Withers, his first 45 from 1967, three nights and a morning back when they released... 45s. So that's all cool stuff. So I talked about this earlier to church. <laughs> you know, I, I know this is one of your favorite subjects to have fun there with. Is. There is a, a group called the Secular Policy Institute, and they're pretty much exactly what you think they are. It's a bunch the of... The devil? Satan? <laughs> Satan? But they are, uh, they're, they're a think tank. That's what they are. They're a think tank in uh, in Washington, and they they're basically to break they're it. They're a sin tank. They're a sin. Yes, they're sin. What, what they are basically breaking it down. They want government based on science, not religion. That's that's it. That's they, they're sucking the devil's teeth. That's exactly what they're. Yeah, well, according to these people, they are. However, if you'd like to know who's really sucking on the teeth, it's the church. The church uh, yeah. is doing it to the tune of seventy one yeah. billion. Dollars a year. That's what I, I this, the secular Institute, the secular policy institute estimates that that's what religious groups. And by religious groups, we're really talking about churches because that's like 80, sure. right. 85 to ninety yeah. percent of all the religious groups in America. Okay, and here's how they broke it down: religious, they get thirty five point three billion in federal income tax subsidies every year, twenty six point mm-hmm. two billion in property tax credits. Then they get another six point one billion in state income tax. Now, the last two things. We're the ones that kind of stood out. They get $1.2 billion a year for parsonage. <laughs> okay? Which is basically... Allen Parsonage? Uh, Alan, the Allen Parsonage Project? <laughs> yeah. The, um, basically, that's that's what it costs to put up priests or pastors. That's mm. that's the parsonage. parsonage the, the, it's the housing the, yeah, at the yeah, church. The vicar. The vicar. But the one that really ought to frost everybody's cookies as a taxpayer is that it's not enough... If these guys get tax breaks. I mean, heretofore, I really thought the only people, the only group big enough and powerful enough to do what these guys were doing, to basically stick it in your ass and break it off, okay, was the oil industry. It was big oil. Because because not only do these guys get all these tax breaks, but we are giving them $2.2 billion a year in faith-based initiative subsidies. Mm -hmm. So just like the oil industry... It's like it's not enough that they they right. make tons of money and get tax breaks. We're going to give them some more. We need that money to cure the faggots of their homosexuality. The, basically, that's yeah. exactly what that's what faith based initiatives sure. are. It's anti An- it, ab- abstinence only programs and all these. Look at those these billboards. Are you pregnant? Need help? Call us. We'll talk you out of having that abortion, abortion. and destroying your life. So seventy one billion dollars a year is how we're getting screwed. Okay, yeah, you, you thought they you thought they only screwed little boys? Wrong! They screw all of us. The churches. And this comes into play for me with um, 
what happened. You know, when we're looking the other way, Congress likes to do stuff. At the end of the year, they put through their budget deal. And, of course, right before midnight, they stick in all kinds of stuff that they don't want to tell us about. And they know it's going to pass because the budget – It has to. Otherwise, they shut down the government. Right. So, of course, there are people out there that read – you know, that actually go through the entire budget deal. And they find stuff on, you know, on pages – that you're not going to read. I mean, nobody. I think the budget deal is like two thousand pages long. That's that's how long it's two thousand pages. It makes War and Peace look like a beach read, okay? And there is a rundown of some of the stuff they did this year that really, you know, as as you read it, you're makes like, you happy. Well, <laughs> the more I read some of this stuff, I go into the you know, I read the, the headlines and then I go back and I'll start going through the details. I'll read the, the actual stuff itself. The bill itself, the part of the legislation itself that they're proposing. One of them, uh, this one is buried, they say it's buried on page 472. Literally what it does, this is interesting. It prohibits the Internal Revenue Service from taking any action to rein in the political activity of 501c4s. Now, these are, what a 501c4 is, it's basically, um, what, the, basically it's supposed to be for educational Okay. That's what the money's supposed to be used for. Okay. And they get huge. They're nonprofit. That's the key to a 501c4. They're a nonprofit group. And so they get tax exemptions. Um, but they weren't originally supposed to be engaged in political activity at all. That wasn't the purpose behind it. And this is something that is bipartisan. Okay. This is not about Republicans or Democrats no. or independents. This is about Washington. This is about Congress. Okay. Screwing us, okay? Which they do, and the, the way the way you know that is the the two people that were totally in support of this: Carl Rove, Harry Reid. Uh, th- yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, Harry Reid, of course, wants to do it for any number of reasons. I won't even bother going into his thing. You know, the, the problem with being a Democratic senator from from Nevada is you've got to kowtow to the, to the casinos. Yeah, you can. Oh, there's yeah. no way around it, <laughs> or you don't get it, or you're out of a job. Sure. Okay, you don't. You know, you don't suck Adelson's dick. You're not employed, okay? Basically, he's he's with the band. You want to you want to see the band? Yeah. You gotta you gotta blow Harry. Yeah, you gotta blow. Uh, oh, well, Adelson. That, that's Gabby Rohde over there. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Some other ones. This one also should. Uh, this one was buried on. Hang on, I got it. Page nineteen eighty two. Okay, it prohibits prohibits. It doesn't it doesn't okay, literally prohibits. The SEC, the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, mm-hmm. from requiring corporations to disclose their political spending. Okay? It doesn't say that they don't have to do it. They're not allowed to do it anymore. Now, the interesting thing about this is disclosure is what we're about in America. It's what we're supposed to be about. Right. I should know what's going on. And when what this does is literally pours gasoline on the inferno burning down our democracy that is Citizens United. Yeah. That's what this uh, does. And the way I know that this is fucked up is because in the ruling for Citizens United, for the majority, mm. uh, Justice Kennedy wrote, he said, the, the reason that Kennedy, who was kind of the swing vote mm-hmm. on the court, went with Citizens United is because he said... With the advent of the Internet, prompt disclosure of expenditures can provide shareholders and citizens with the information needed 
to hold corporations and elected officials accountable for their positions and supporters. That was the, the reason he said it was okay to Citizens United is because his feeling was there's enough information out there that we shouldn't, the court shouldn't be responsible for enforcing these decisions. You should make your decision and then choose where to spend your money and who to invest in and not to invest in. And he said that, and this is the part I like the most, he goes, disclosure would enable shareholders to determine whether their corporation's political speech advances the corporation's interest in making profits, and the citizens can see whether elected officials are in the pocket of so-called money interests. Now, we can't see that. Not only can we not see it, it's against the law now to see it. Just so you know, that's one of the new laws that came in. They're screwing you. And if you own a, you know, 401k, IRA, then it matters to you because your 401k has mutual funds, and those mutual funds are made up of corporations that are publicly held. You own shares in corporation right now, and what they're saying is you're not allowed to know where they're spending your money. Mind mind your business. Basically, yeah. Even though it is your business. Stay out of our business. Right. You know? You don't know what you're doing. Leave it to the pros. I had uh, a friend of mine, John Fay. I went to high school with him. He now lives out on the Big Island. He lives on the north part of the Big Island. I live in the south part. So we never, you know, we, we could never get together. It was just always very difficult because you can't drive across this island because there's, you know, two 14,000-foot volcanoes in the way. So if you want to drive up there to the north part, it's not like a straight-across thing, which would take about an hour and a half. You have to go all the way around on a one lane. It's four four solid hours. It's no joke. It's four solid hours. Get your ass up there, man. It's an hour and a half to Kona and at least another two to the top of the island. So John Faye came up. You know, there's the Illuminati. Yeah. He's not. He's now a proud member of the Illuminati. Okay. He also said that at one point... He was considering being a member of the Illuminati. Oh, yeah. oh, hello! So I like both of those. I, you know, I like to make up words from time to time. Those I like that Illuminati. That's what they are. The Illuminati. They were in that movie Eyes Wide Shut. That was them. The Illumin, the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Yeah. That's it. Yes. With the organs and the moans and the masks. <laughs> I don't. I, I really don't know what uh, Kubrick was thinking. No, my ever, ever. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this guy. I'll tell you the interesting thing was if you watch. Um, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. The entire movie. You know what was filmed? It was filmed in England on his property. He has just his own wow. property there, and he just recreated Vietnam. Right. Re- and they shot the whole thing on his property. He's like, I'm not leaving. So we're just going to rebuild it here. going to stay in my pajamas. Basically, <laughs> yes. Walk around in a fucking muumu all day smoking, you know. Or whatever. Smoking Virginia Slim, you know, 120s. <laughs> that kind of thing. But, um, so... These are the things that are being done behind our back. They're, they're being done behind our back. I had a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> this is one of those things that always makes me wiggy. Um, oil. Okay? Yeah. As, as always, you know how I get. You know how I am. I think, you know, and somebody was saying that $2 a gallon gas, you know, hey, man, this is great. And a friend of mine, a very smart guy, mm. chimed in and said, no, it's bad for America. There's a hundred, you know, a hundred economists said it's bad for America. I said, bullshit. It's bullshit. Okay, it's yeah. bullshit. First thing, first things first, it's bullshit prima facie. I don't believe you can find a hundred top economists, forget about America, in the world that would be signatories to such a letter. Sure. Can't, can't happen. Not going to happen. But the point that he made, he made two points. One was, 
what about the million, you know, the, the, the millions of jobs that get lost? Fuck them, because the other 320 million <laughs> exactly. of us have an extra 8 to $18 billion a year to spend. Right. Which adds, by the way, we're not saving it because these yeah. guys have been fucking us for so long that we have to spend it. The lower level of the pyramid doesn't save. It right. goes right, right back into the economy. Right back into the economy. And it doesn't matter what they spend it on because it's that crackhead needs to buy some milk. That's everybody, the, the, the three-card money dealer needs to feed his family. Everybody, matter. absolutely. And not only, that's the interesting thing is it not only adds to the overall GDP, or really, that's the interesting thing, is that it adds to the GDP, but it really like adds to it through... Delay. Well, it's not just that, because don't forget, as you're adding that money, money is being taken out of the GDP, okay, from the oil industry. So it's being transferred. But what it does do is it adds money to each individual industry's GDP money multiplier. So that's, you know, because the lower fuel costs lower the cost of all goods and products. Everything. 70% of all things that reach final point of retail sale in America. Anything in your grocery store comes by what? How's it get there? Truck. Sure. That's right. An internal combustion sure, engine, diesel engine. Transportation. People are traveling more. You can go out right. more. You can afford everything. Right. And his his point was this. He said, well, their point, and I don't believe this point was ever actually made. Mm-hmm. I, I think the whole yeah. thing's bullshit. Sure, it is. He, he was saying that they were they were trying to point out that be, if we have oil, low oil prices and low gas prices, it's going to delay our paying attention to the inevitable, which is that we're going to run out. Let's just get that point straight. At some point, yeah. we're going to siphon the planet dry. There's no more dinosaurs. That's it. We're done. That's it. We're going to suck it. That's suck okay. It yeah. Okay. But we're very much like, you know, the college freshman who writes the essay right the, the night before it's due and gets an A- minus or a B plus mm-hmm. and goes, oh, I can do that for everything. Yeah. That's how I can do everything. Wait to the last minute. Trust me when I tell you this. We're not going to give a shit about alternative energy to fuel the stuff that we need to bring people and products from point A to point B, mm. we're not going to care about that until we are given an absolute date yeah. as to when we run out. Sure. Uh, one minute after that, well, that's you when know, we're going to give a shit. And here's the thing. Hold on. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something. What really pisses me off is that the the insinuation there is that we don't have the ability to walk and chew gum at the same time. Why can't we save money and pay attention to that? Right. As a matter of fact, now that we're saving all this money, why don't we spend some of that? Sure. You, know, you want to be the greatest person in the world? Come up with an 18-wheeler, a car, you know, a, a tractor trailer that can run as efficiently and be refueled at the same rate, okay, as a current one that it's runs coming. on internal It'll combustion smaller, lighter at, at first, you know, it'll, it'll start on a scaled-down method, but it'll, it'll catch up. It always does. I've it always said has. it since the day I started the show. We don't actually need oil. Everything we use oil for, we now have a way yes, to do someplace yes, we else. Do. It's, you yes, know, we we're do. being conned. Once upon a time, we were addicted to whale oil. Yeah. Right? We figured out a better way to light the streets. That's right. Then with whale oil, we always did. We always, you know, we've had the technology for a long time, and we know that. Who killed the electric car, etc. We, we know it's a, it's a bunch of companies colluding and conspiring to make money while they can, making hay while the sun shines. And I don't, let's get, let's get this straight also. I don't blame them. I don't, I don't blame them either. They're in it to make money. But they're not but our friends. Uh, I blame us. Mm-hmm. We're the ones to blame. Just like with guns. Just like yeah. with guns. Okay? We're going to talk about guns in a little while. Oh, God. Yeah. Guns are all time. Your nipples are hard, aren't they? Yeah. I know your nipples are hard. Yeah. You think, you think about that fucking I'm 357. Fantasizing, I you get know, fucking cleaning hard. my gun when you talk about guns. That's it. Because, well, Makes yeah. me want to go buy a gun. When big you talk gun, about big guns. gun. Big guns belong to people who actually were born with small guns. Yeah, I, I understand. That's a nice quip. 
But, it's a nice, you know, it's nice, it's a nice little quip. It's a nice quip. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice the bigger quip. your gun, the smaller your actual gun. Sure, you know, <laughs> so you keep making that crack uh, enough around the wrong people, and you'll they'll get shoot. You know, you, you, know, you get shot, shot by a guy with a small dick in a Corvette. Sure, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Nevertheless, he'll drive off in his Corvette. In his Corvette, <laughs> and you're it's shot. Like, I've got a big gun and a V8 mm-hmm. and a teeny little penis. <laughs> so those are the things. Some of the things that government did to us while we were looking the other way. You know, I wrote down the things that I thought I wanted to bring up that were, you know, because I haven't had a chance to bitch about shit for like a month. You know what didn't make the list? Terrorism. Doesn't even make the list. I don't... Domestic terrorism. Even that. I'm going to tell you something. Terrorism doesn't make the list of things that piss me off as much as these things do. And... I guess the, the, the reason for that is that if we can take care of some of these other things, the terrorism thing actually winds up taking care of itself in the long run. Like I've said, you want terrorism to go back to being a fucking cottage industry? Stop using oil. It's that simple. It's literally that simple. And, by the way, if you'd like cheap gas, mm-hmm. okay, stop fracking. Stop doing the... Okay, we produce the most expensive gas mm-hmm. in the world. It costs us three times as much to produce a barrel of oil as it does in Russia. Where they can't find technology with two hands and a fucking flashlight. They're, they're selling more twenty-five dollars to produce a barrel of oil. It costs us seventy-five. Saudi Arabia, it's sixteen to twenty dollars a barrel. You want cheap oil? Buy it off from Saudi Arabia. If that's our, our, you buddies, want, our buddies, the our Saudi buddies, Arabians our these. buddies who just executed forty-six people. Yep, that's okay. We, One day, we lo- we like that. We I love like that. them. I do. Too. I yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of. I uh, hope they're adulterous women. I think, I think Saudi Arabia and Iran, I'd love to see a proxy war between these two. Leave it over yeah. there. Fight it in the desert. Have at it. We're already whoever, doing it. Whoever, yeah, whoever's standing at the end will buy gas from you. <laughs> That's it. You want to sell us oil? Fight it out amongst yourselves. <laughs> I can personally give a shit who wins. Really don't care. As a matter of fact, this is one of those things it's like, you know, when the Flyers play the Islanders. It's, I want them both to lose. <laughs> Okay, a tie isn't good enough. They both need to die on the airplane on their way to the game, as far as I'm concerned. But that's me, because it's hockey season. Let's go, Rangers. Although, I will say this. Less than two months until pitchers and catchers report. Spring training just around the corner, all you Mets fans out there. Hello. We keep the groove going. I yacked. I had to. I've, I've gone for weeks without bitching about something, and it's built up inside of me. It's literally, I can feel it. Like, it's, you know, agita. I got agita in here, you know, in the stomach area. I thought it, I thought it was you know reflux, but it's not. It's it's Congress. <laughs> it was it was reflux. I, I was taking I was taking tums for it until I realized it was my my government. <laughs> At which point I realized I was going to eat acid instead. There isn't enough Jack Daniels to, to calm this one down. We keep the groove going. I've got a whole bunch more stuff. You know what? Um, Songs from the Woggles, Quantic Soul Orchestra. I've got an interesting song from a band called Tramp. And the last song in his set is one I'm going to be talking about. Because I've mis- I've mislabeled this. I have not known who this is. I've loved this song okay. for 35 years. And I've had the wrong name and the wrong band for 35 years. But for the moment, we're going to kick it off with the Woggles on the Grooveton on SoulFlowRadio.com. <laughs> We got the big thing
children. Hello. Hello. Well, last week we showed you how to be a gynaecologist, and this week on how to do it, we're going to learn how to play the flute, how to split the atom, how to construct box girder bridges, and how to irrigate the Sahara and make vast new areas cultivatable. But first, here's Jackie to tell you how to rid the world of all known diseases. Hello, Alan. Hello, Jackie. Well, first of all, become a doctor and discover a marvelous cure for something, and then when the medical world really starts to take notice of you, you can jolly well tell them what to do and make sure they get everything right, so there'll never be diseases anymore. Thanks, Jackie. That was great. Fantastic. Now, how to play the flute? Well, you blow in one end and move your fingers up and down the outside. Great, Alan. Well, next week we'll be showing you how black and white people can live together in peace and harmony, and Alan will be over in Moscow showing you how to reconcile the Russians and the Chinese. <laughs> Till then. Cheerio. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.
that far out, that was far. Uh, now I know what to play when I want the guests to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that is a song that I played, uh, I believe, on my very first show. And I said it was the driving stupid doing horror asparagus stories. It's not. That is, in fact, the Leah Riders group doing Domkaller Osmods. They're a group from Sweden. Uh, Domkaller Osmods means uh, Swedish for um, uh, Don't Call Us Misfits, okay. which was a documentary that came out in 68 about a couple of uh, skag fiends from Stockholm. And they followed them around, and, you know, they were outsiders or whatever. These guys never put out an album. They're a group from, you know, some, you know, po- some town in Sweden nobody's ever heard of unless you're from Sweden. Okay. And I would imagine most of the people in Sweden have never heard of this town. Okay? And they finally got called to go to Stockholm and then um, played some stuff there. They were big in, like, colleges and stuff like that. All right. The reason, that, the first time I heard that song uh, was about 1980. I was at my friend Alon Portnoy's house. He's the guy that's in, he's a guitar player from the Waspman, played that song. And he's been right. the Headless Horseman, the Fuzz Tones. <clears throat> this is my go-to guy for Garage. He's my personal Lenny K. Okay? He's my go-to guy for mid-60s Garage psychopunk rock and roll. There are some collections that came out. The best one is the Lenny K collection, Nuggets, which is a two-album uh, set. But there's a whole series of, of other collections. No, uh, there's Nuggets, Pebbles, Boulders. My favorite title is a chocolate soup for diabetics. Okay. okay. But Pebbles is, uh, I don't know how many volumes there are. It's at least ten. And that is from volume number three. And the thing is, is that I remember listening to this song. The first time I heard it was Alon's Place. And the reason we've thought it's it's the others it's it's the driving stupid doing Horace Barger stories is because on the album, on the printing, another one printed wrong. There's they don't have they they put that song in, but they put it they, they forgot to list it. So all the other tracks on the listing move up. Okay. And so that's we thought it was this other song for years and years. I finally looked it up and they reprinted all of the pebbles, and they put in some additional songs and, and printed the titles correctly. And that's okay. how I found out that I had been wrong for 35 years. 35 years. At least. At least. I heard that in 1980, so I don't know. 35 years. That sounds about right. 36 right. now. <laughs> all right. There you go. Now it's 36 years. I have to start adding all these years now to like things I've known. Before that, Tramp is the name of the band doing Funky Monkey. That's 1974 out of England with Mick Fleetwood. On drums, they uh, they didn't do a lot of stuff. They came out with a bunch of songs. That was one of them. Uh, Monty Python, how to do it less than I got. How to play the flute? You blow in one end and move your fingers up and down the other end. Fabulous, thank you. <laughs> For that Quantic Soul Orchestra doing Stampede from the album Stampede from 2003. That is, uh, you know, I played them before. It's a guy named Will Holland. He's got a bazillion bands out there. Um, my favorite band of his uh, band called the Limp Twins. Um, you know, another day in the life of Mr. Jones and stuff like that. Um, he actually is, uh, I think he's from California, but he's now living, he does all his work out of Columbia. Now he lives down in Columbia, so that's where he does all his stuff. And kicking it off, a, a favorite band of mine, uh, The Woggles. That is Big Beat Strong from The Big Beat. Those guys are out of Georgia. Uh, that song actually just came out, uh, Big Beat came out in recently. Right. Uh, yeah, last couple of years. So that is not, you know, it's, it's got that authenticity, that, that sound to it. that gives it that kind of garage sound that I, that I really love. Um, but you know, it's it's recent stuff, and you know, I've said it before. I have, I've I've been 
thumbing through and listening to a bunch of stuff that's raw. I like, you know, that raw mm-hmm. sound. You know, like I said, I, the, the thing I liked about um, Alon's band, The Wasp, it's like, you know, it's four guys in a studio rocking out. Rock out with your cock out with a 16-track, baby. Just bass, drums, guitar. Bass, drums, two guitars. One one guy doing rhythm and singing. The other guy doing lead. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. No synthesizers. No 48 tracks to slide. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to put one 24-track board through another 24-track board because I just don't have enough tracks. I need one track just for the cowbell. Just for the cowbell. Just for the chime. Just for the, the juice harp. Okay. Doink, 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 doink. So, what else? Well... What else? <laughs> okay, first things first. The Congress has decided that the first order of business for them this year is to, again, repeal, or, excuse right. me, try and repeal Obamacare. And it's not going to work as usual. The quotes I like the most, though, came from uh, from uh, Ryan, the uh, the new okay. head. Right. You know, the, Paul the, Ryan? Yeah, Paul Ryan, the, the, the new Third in third in line for your you know for presidency kind of thing. Um, one of the things that uh, these guys are doing, you have to understand that they know they won't be able to repeal it. Right. Okay. What they do have now, though, is they forced a vote in the Senate, and now the rep- House of Representatives is also going because they're both uh, Republican controlled. They will now pass both of these things, send it to Obama's desk where he will veto it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the end of it because they don't have enough votes in the Senate to override the veto. Okay, And they know that. And what Paul Ryan said is, you're going to see us put a bill on the president's desk going after Obamacare and Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. So we'll finally get a bill on his desk to veto. That's that's why they're doing it. Here's the, here's the part we like the most. I'm right? impressed. I know. I am too. They know it's not going to work. And here's the part I like the most. It goes, then, 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 after that, then, after that. You're going to see us put a bill on, uh, you're going to see the House Republican Conference working with our senators, coming up with a bold, <laughs> bold agenda that we're going to lay out for the country to say how we would be doing things differently. Basically, what he's saying is, look, get rid of this, and then we'll tell you what we're going to replace it with. That's, right, that's, yeah, that's what they're yeah. God forbid they should come up with that plan and say, look, we want to tell you what we're going to replace it with. Yeah. What do you think? So, so that we what do you have think? the plan in right. place. God yeah. forbid we should actually be able <clears throat> right. to control the people we pay to do our bidding. It's the problem with the republic in many instances. You know, We don't actually vote. We vote on people to do things for us. It's obvious what their plan is. Uh, chaos, people dying that can't afford to pay cash. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I, you know, I, I don't need health care. You, you're right. You know what? You don't. But let me tell you something. If you don't want to be a drain on the on the economy and mm-hmm. go in there and have somebody else pay for it, you better. If somebody chops your arm off, mm-hmm. the other arm better be carrying a bag full of cash, pal. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You don't like health care? How is it possible that guns are a right and health care isn't? Shut up, commie. Why do you hate America? <laughs> I do. Ah! Right. <laughs> okay. So, guns. Let's talk about, on the subject of, on the subject of stupidity, sure. talk about guns. Right. Obama's going to, you know, he's going to bypass the Constitution you know, and do something that, wait for it, 80% of Americans want him to do. Mm-hmm. And yet, this is controversial. How is it controversial? You can't get 80% of Americans to believe the fucking sky is blue. Right. Right? Like you can't. But it's Obama and it's guns. If he comes downstairs tomorrow and says, I found a cure for cancer... Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna bitch Sat- and moan. Satan's cancer. That's right. They're gonna, they're gonna bitch and that's moan Satan's about how he's, he's against the healthcare industry. Cure your cancer, but cost you your soul. <laughs> 
So there's a uh, a bunch of new laws coming out. First of all, Texas, we I mentioned this to you earlier, mm-hmm. they now have open carry. So basically what it means is that any place where if you had a concealed permit, mm-hmm. you were allowed to carry. Now, you, if you've got a permit, you can carry it openly now. My yeah. question is, is that just for white people? Yeah, yes, first of all, in Texas, yes. It's just for yeah. white people because black people would open carry. He's going to scare the shit yeah, out of people. Uh, and by the way... Crack me up, crack me up, especially in Texas. I would just want all the brothers to be able to carry guns in Texas, which is why I'm trying to raise money (laughs) to buy them guns, (laughs) because some of them don't make as much as they have to. Guns for minorities, charity. I think 501c4. There are two groups, there are two groups that ought to be heavily armed in America, black people and hippies. for the same reason. They, they got, you know, they, they're on the receiving end of a lot of violence. They need to be able to protect themselves. I couldn't agree with you more right. as, as, a, as a hippie at heart. Sure. There's a, there's a new... A, a, Arm yourself. I saw... Uh, Who do you think they're going to come for? They're not going to come for Goober. A friend of mine, Drew, posted this thing. It's like a, a new... Day, you know, they've got dating sites for like everybody now. You're Christian Mingle and over 50. Mm-hmm. They go, one for hippies. There's like yeah. a hippie, hippie, you know... Oh, get, yeah. There's a 420 dating is there, site. There's, there's, there's got to be like a dating site for everybody. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's one of the things that's going on. But the, the law that uh, that's coming into effect that caught my eye was the one that's taking place in California. Gun safety legislation going into effect in California next week will allow authorities to seize a person's weapon for 21 days if a judge determines that there's potential for violence. Now, this was actually proposed mm-hmm. um, in the wake of the 2014 shooting rampage by Elliot Roger. I don't know who that guy is. And oh, you know yeah. what? Oh, Elliot. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how bad it's gotten. Okay, mm-hmm. a guy who went on a shooting rampage... It's a name that should stick out in your head. Mm-hmm. I would imagine in other countries, when that happens, that name is indelibly etched. You know, like... Sure. You know, like anybody. Not here. Uh, Can you remember the name of the, the, the guy who shot, shot all those kids in Connecticut? I can't. No. He killed a bunch of sixth graders. Yeah, I know. No. Okay. <laughs> was it my kids? So. Yeah, right. Does, well, I actually know somebody, you know... Right. It didn't matter to me, right. so, you know... So basically what this is, is uh, the bill provides family members with a means of having an emergency, quote, gun violence restraining order. Imposed against a loved one if they can convince a judge that allowing that person to possess a firearm poses an immediate sort of like a Baker Act for guns. Yes, it's a ba- yeah. it's basically what it is. And we were talking about this. It's whenever I have friends of mine, you know, I I have a bunch of friends, pro gun friends. Mm-hmm. Fine, I'm one, I'm one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Big and Second Amendment guy, right here. That's fine. Second Amendment as as it's supposed to be, though. Yeah. Not this anybody in the fucking world can have a gun. Okay, not that. You want to go for safety? You want to go because you're a hobbyist? You want to do all this? Fine. Follow the law. Register it. Okay. Register your gun. Okay. We can take a class. We can argue about uh, the the details. The details. The, you know the the details all, all, all we want. How, however, um, and and you were on your way to a point, and I think it was it was you know if it were any other thing, if it were a driver's license, right. I'm a habitual drunk driver or anything, there wouldn't be controversial. But right, there's no, and that's what people, my friends always say. But the people, the NRA uses the Second Amendment as a MacGuffin. They're really just a fundraising and vote gathering entity for people to vote against their own best interests using the the specter of disarmament as a boogeyman. Yes. All right, and so and so you're really playing into their hands. 
doing, uh, whenever you promote uh, gun-restrictive legislation, you're really giving ammunition, no pun intended, <laughs> to the NRA because they're going to say, <clears throat> if I may channel Goober here for a second, this uh, this law that you're talking about is just going to give the a weapon to activist judges to violate people's Second Amendment. Now you're going to have judges that are just going to be able to issue an order to disarm this one and that one based on somebody said something. They're coming to take your guns away. Yeah. <laughs> ha, yeah. ha, ho, ho. That's what they're going to say, and then the NRA is going to take this and run with it. Oh, they already have. They already have. And, you know, every Republican congressman, because they are you know, a wholly owned subsidiary, because yes. you can't get elected unless you, cow, unless you get on you your knees and they they get, shout they, down they on get, the NRA. They get money from them, of course. It's it's This is another one of those things, because 80% of Americans are on Obama's side on this. They want to get rid of the gun show loophole. All of sure. my friends were like... Yeah, when I say something about how, you know, because all of these things, like New Year's and the holidays are a great time for idiots to kill people by accident, pro-gun people to take their guns out and then shoot people by accident. This is what happens. There's tons of stories like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of them right here in Florida because we're we're the home of psychos. Amateurs. Just all that. No, my friends are always saying, oh, well, gun, you know, cars kill more people. Why don't you, you know what? We do. That's exactly what we do. You kill somebody drunk driving. You know, like if you're caught right. drunk driving, there's a guy they're thinking of they're, that shot two shots in the air here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Now he did it around six people. He was, he was pissed off at his neighbors, so he fired the gun twice in the air. He's now got potential because the the uh, the um, sh- the penalties mm-hmm. for this are mandatory. Here, it's like the Rockefeller Law in New York, except down here for guns. So twenty years. Each offense, that's per person, not per shot. Okay. So he's looking at, if they do them consecutively, as opposed to concurrently, he's looking at 120 years behind bars. Do I think he should get it? No, I don't. Do I think he should get six months and then a whole bunch of probation and have to clean up the side of the highways? Yes, I do. Because this is a guy eventually, this is one of those rage things where you didn't Mm. actually shoot it at somebody. He's like, look, I'm shooting at the air. Next shot's going to be you because you're pissing me off because you're on my fucking lawn. I mean, these guys are all Clint Eastwood run amok from that movie. You know, get off my lawn. Get off my, get out of my town, I guess is what they're saying. And mm, Smelly geeks. Yeah, and there was a lady who shot a gun in the air to mm. scare her husband yeah. who was raping yeah. her. And they threw her in fucking it's jail. Like, well, she was black. In all fairness, she was black and we don't like Why black not people this, with guns. Why not this guy? Why doesn't this guy... Right. And they're, you know, you, you watch Fox narrative. No, you watch Fox. I do. I do. Because <laughs> oh, if I want to know, if I want to understand the other side, I got to hear what they got to say. Yeah. I, I got to hear I, what they got to say. I, I know, because I used to be one, so yeah. <laughs> I don't need to why, why, why aren't, why wouldn't they want the same thing for this guy? Well, like you said, she's a black woman. Right. She's right. a black woman. She's not, you That's know, she's it. not a pro-gun <laughs> person. And what she was doing was the exact reason pro-gun sure. people talk about why they need guns. To defend exactly. themselves and exactly. give her credit. She didn't shoot the guy. Right. She's not this Zimmerman jackwad. Exactly. Shooting first I, I and know. not forget about asking questions it, later. It, Just it, asking it, no it questions. It breaks my heart. None. It breaks None. my heart. But the the car analogy, uh, if I may channel Goober one more time, the Constitution does not guarantee your right to drive a vehicle. That's right. You know, and I guarantees said, my right to own a gun. And I've said this for years. Had cars been invented. In 1770, yeah. they would have been in the Constitution. Probably. They weren't. They weren't invented yet. And, you know, the Constitution was written before the advent of things like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw this one out there. Electricity! Yes. Okay. Local constabularies. 
There were no police forces and there was no way to light the streets. Right. Now we've got both of those things. The Constitution, okay, mm. is outdated. We need a constitutional Congress. You say so, Connie. We need a constitutional Congress. We need to take a look at what was written and say the ideas behind this are ones that we believe in very strongly. However, so, okay, <clears throat> modern times deserve a modern constitution. I got a riddle for you before we leave this subject. Yeah. If you if if the government if the if I have ten guns and the government changes the law and says I can only have two guns, how many guns do I have left? Ten. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got that one. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm on the Thank I'm you. on the ball yeah. on that one. So pass all the laws you want. The gun show loophole. The reason that that's hypocritical, and I say this as a Second Amendment guy, is because the excuse is when when somebody go when when a a crazy person takes a gun and goes shoots up a school or a bunch of people. We, the gun people, always say, you can't blame the gun. That's a crazy person with a gun. But, so, therefore, you ought to be in favor of good mental health programs and a good screening system to make sure that a crazy person doesn't get a gun. You need to have a screening system to make sure that a crazy gotta, person doesn't get a gun. you got to pass so, test to drive therefore, a car. Therefore, background checks and i'm sorry i don't uncle sucker already knows you have a gun buddy yeah uncle sucker already knows and by the way when uncle suckers goes to invade your home there's they're going no. to act as if even if you don't have a registered gun they're going to act as if and whose house are they going to be raiding yours hippie yeah. not mine goober yours hippie that's right so arm yourself <laughs> hey you know what you're right you're absolutely right i the thing about the gun show loophole that, that frosts my cookies is all these people who say well, you know, the, the, uh, the gun laws in California, you know, the strictest, the gun laws in Chicago, that's always the one my friends use. Yeah. You know, look at Chicago, they have more guns. They have the toughest, New York and Chicago have the toughest right. gun laws. Yeah, that's right, but that's not where the guns are manufactured. It's not where they're being illegal, you know, it's not where they're being legally sold. They're being illegally sold there by people like, who are straw like, purchasers who can buy as many sure. guns as they want. You, you don't like Fast and Furious? Great. Neither do I. But you didn't ask the question as to why we needed such an operation in the first place. Why? Because of the gun show loophole, you fucking assholes. Okay. Got that. I got, I got that. I got that out of my system. I am ready to group, but before that, it's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know who I'm talking about. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. I gave him such a big talk up on my last show. It meant every single word of it. Oh, oh, oh. Saw a picture that he put on today. You know what he's got in there now? Yeah. He's got one of one Hemi Challengers. He's got a Hemi Challenger from like the 70s. It, this, is a, this is the most badass car I've seen. In, I, the first time I saw the picture, I'm like, I'm coming over. I don't need anything done to the car. My car's running fine. I just want to see the Hemi Challenger. One of one. One of one. So when I say that Precision Auto Works is the place where people who love their cars take their cars, yeah, baby, okay, you can sell your house and not afford this car. Barry Jackson, the last Hemi Cuda convertible went for like $2.1 million. Wow. That, there's 17 of them, I think. Nice. I think there's 17 original Hemi Cuda convertibles that are currently available from 70, 71, 2, and 3. You know, Barrett Jackson gets like one a year, and it's always a $2 million car. This guy, that's what's in there right now. 954-247-9362. If he's working on that, trust me, he can work on you. He can work on your Impala. <laughs> okay? Take my word for it. Dave and the entire SAE certified crew. But Dave's the man. Dave is the man. He is the man. If, if it drives... He can fix it. If it's broken, I don't care if it doesn't drive. If you've got something else that requires mechanical stuff, bring it to him. 
Doesn't, it doesn't matter whether or not it's an engine. This guy can fix it. He's freaking MacGyver is what this guy is. He's MacGyver. He's literally MacGyver. You give him a roll of tinfoil and some duct tape, he'll build you a car. I, you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. So I went on a bit of a Funkadelic kick. Always a good thing. And one of the things, you know, I mean, I hadn't forgotten about it, but it was nice to be reminded of it, was how phenomenal a guitar player Eddie Hazel was. Eddie Hazel's the guy that uh, was the original guitar player. The, the, the band Funkadelic basically is an outgrowth of a band called The Parliaments, which is, they're all from Jersey. Eddie, Eddie Hazel's actually from Brooklyn. But he moved to Jersey, and that's where George Clinton had put together his band, The Parliaments. And then there was some sort of legal thing. I'm not sure, exactly sure what it was, but they couldn't use that name anymore. I remember and the Parliament Funkadelic. Parliament Funk, well, that's how Parliament Funkadelic came yeah. into being. They had to give up the name Parliaments. The ah. Parliaments. They had to give that up. And then they went into Funkadelic, then P-Funk, Parliament Funkadelic, P-Funk Orchestra, and all that. Bootsy joined the band after he left J, uh, James Brown. He was with James Brown for about a year in 71. Then he went on to do that. Bootsy Collins, I discovered some stuff from him. It's called, um, shit. He did some stuff with Doc Watson. Okay, he did some country stuff. They actually did like a reversion of Macarena. I swear to God they did. I, I didn't have the stomach to play it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't eat and play that song in the same 24-hour period. So I just decided not to. But we're going to kick off the drive groove with a little funkadelic. Going back to 1974, and I'm telling you. In the must-own category, first four Funkadelic albums, must-own. Must. Matter of fact, you know what? First ten. <laughs> okay? You can't get enough of this kind of pure, unfiltered funk. If you like Zappa, with a little, you know, it's like Zappa if George Clint were in a band. That's what this is. That's what this is, and you're going to understand that. It's Funkadelic doing Red Hot Mama on the Drive Groove on SoFloRadio.com.
<laughs> the second time around because of all the fucking jokes. I was hot before <laughs> when I was talking about how we can't cut off Bootsy. Yeah, that's Johnny Thunder. Not to be confused with Johnny Thunders, the uh, guitar player from, uh, I just said, the New York Dolls, Heartbreakers and stuff. Johnny Thunder doing I'm Alive. That's from the Flower Bomb songs. The original of that, points if you tell me you did it. Tommy James and the Shandells. All right. Shandells, 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 Shandells. Sorry about that. Before that, Dave Frasinski and John Medeski. That's Pineapple from their 94 album Lunar Launch, or Lunar Crush, excuse me. Those guys, I saw John Medeski. Medeski's going on. These guys have been in a bazillion different bands. They're phenomenal musicians. do a lot of studio work. Both of them are based in New York now. Um... I saw John Medeski with Medeski, Martin, and Wood. He, he has a, that's the band that he did. I saw them when they like first jammed together at uh, the Village Gate or the you know village, someplace someplace in the Village. Got to see them and like um, you know six months later they came out with an album. They, they jammed this one night and then decided they wanted to put out an album. So I was lucky enough to be there for that show. That's Dave Fashinsky and John Medeski. Before that, this is one of those tracks that just kind of jumped out at me. I'm going through a whole bunch of songs. Yeah, I've been listening to Sex Bomba. And that's S-E-K-S-B-O-M-B-A. 505 is the name of the song. That is from their 2001 release, Somewhere in This Town. That is a band out of Boston. And they do a lot of instrumental uh, jazz fusion stuff. And I went on this kick, you know, with music that I, you know, the kind of music that, that would be in the, the, the car chase scenes. I was talking about this. Yeah. Uh, so, and this is one of those songs that, you know, that I stumbled across when I was going through a whole bunch of Lala Schifrin stuff and, and the sound defects stuff, all that, that stuff. This was kind of there. And so I listened to it. I was like, ah, that's, I just like the sound of that guitar. Kicking it off, Funkadelic Red Hot Mama, 1974, standing on the verge of getting it on, which is a phenomenal record. A must-own. Absolutely. Just, there's, and you know, the album, I believe, on that particular album, uh, Eddie Hazel left the band, actually. Now I think about it. On that album, there are, Seven songs, and six of them, they're all co-written by Eddie Hazel, but he put six of them under his mother's name for, for tie, like tax purposes or something like that. So his mother gets credit, gets got like the writing credit for years. They changed it recently, but the originals, all of his mother as the co-writer with George Clinton on that song, people like, you know, everybody get, got the album originally, like, who is this? Who, who, I've never heard of this person. It's Eddie Hazel's mom. So And he actually, you know, shows up and does solos. On a lot of this stuff, his guitar playing, just so good, so good. If if you've never heard of Eddie Hazel and you're a guitar fan and you like shredders, this is a guy. He's 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 in that Zappa category. Um, the guitar players, you just don't know about. And you listen to it, and you're like, yeah, I wonder, who, you know, 
Who's that? Well, then you find out it's, it's Eddie Hazel from Funkadelic, and you, that's the kind of music you don't normally associate because when you think about P Funk, you think Flashlight. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right. That song, you know, I'm, I, you know, and it's a little overrated if you ask me. I, well, <laughs> I, you know what? It maybe it is. It was one of those songs where when it first came out, it played. I, I it was literally on I the know. radio ten times a day. Every yeah, so it's overrated probably because we've heard it. Too I was much. a kid, but I remember it. We've well. heard it a little, a little too much. So. I, Coming to the end of the show, I got a little bit of a bonus groove today. I just want to give a big thank you to uh, to everybody who tuned in last year. I'm going to be doing a show. This this year I've decided that in order to get maximum groove, I'm going to do a show every other week. Every other week. So that way I can really choose the nuggets that are the shiniest for me. And I'm not over-bitching. I over-bitch. I over-bitch. <laughs> and so? Lord knows... There's enough stuff that warrants it. Yeah. Okay? It, it's not like I'm bitching about shit that shouldn't be bitched about. But I'm bitching a bit too much. I want to make sure we've got plenty O-groove. So, next week, no new show. And the week after that, I'm going to be in New York. So, I'm putting together another show like I did the last time I was in New York, which is going to be all the stuff that should be played. Um, two hours, wall-to-wall groove, no yak, all groove. Okay? So, there's your bonus package. You have to listen to me bitch about shit. On the other hand, you'll be ill-informed. <laughs> oh, well, I have, I have to rely on Facebook. <laughs> That's a guy, what is it? I, I know. What is it? I, I believe what I think I know. That's it. I believe there what I go. think I know. So I wanted to just say thank you to everybody. I discovered that I have a fan in Taiwan. I have no idea what the guy's name is because when he, he sent me a message in Taiwanese. Okay. Sorry. And he's a language student. Are you sure it wasn't a solicitation for it, uh, prostitution? It was absolutely okay. <laughs> not because he liked the, the thing. And, uh, and, he's, and he's, he listened to the show because he found out about it through Tom Semioli. Okay. So if, if somebody like that is, is your conduit, then I know yeah. you're authentic. Excellent. That, that's authenticity, right? That's musical authenticity. Tom Semioli is the only name I need to hear for musical authenticity. Guy from Taiwan. Excellent. So I want to give a big shout out. Hit a Taiwan crew out there, or one of you. Hopefully more. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows, right? One guy, it's hounting spread. Okay? Sure is. Musical equivalent of herpes, but, you know, with a better outcome. <laughs> As always, though, I'm going to finish off the show. Like I said, I went on a uh, kick. You know what? This will be the third Bootsy-influenced song. We had D-Light, Funkadelic, and now we're going to have actual Bootsy Collins to finish off the show. As always, though, for myself at Los Georges. It's peace. Aloha. Good night, Mom. May you live as long as you want, but never want as long yeah. as you live. While living in a world of freedom, because intelligence is uh, so expensive. Yeah. While we're building a smarter planet, is legal. Yeah. One crime at a time. Somebody just mugged the eagle. Got to be careful with the words that we use. If we choose to be wounded healers rather than wounded herders, we need words of encouragement, words of gentleness, words of kindness, words of ennoblement. Yeah, we want these young brothers and sisters of all colors to broaden their horizons. Connect the three dimensions of time, your past, your present, and your future. You got to respect yourself, have confidence in yourself. Who told you to doubt yourself? 
Who told you you can't soar like an eagle? Who told you that you ought to demean yourself? Straighten your back up. When you straighten your back up, you're going somewhere. Cause folk can't ride your back unless it's been. Stand away, slide stone, stand.